0: If you were to read nothing more than 2 Nephi chapter 2, you could gain a testimony of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. This chapter is full of pure doctrine and inspiring insights that are unique to the beliefs of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon. And we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris.
1: And I'm Andrew Harris. We're going to focus a little bit more on 2 Nephi chapter 2 than chapter 1 today. Lehi is talking to his son Jacob. He gives him this doctrinal discourse. And this is interesting to note because this is relatively
0: at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And yet these are doctrines that have
1: become the foundation of our church. Yeah. And it's outlined by the prophet Lehi. He was a very wise man. He had a lot of knowledge. He really understood the gospel and the whole plan of salvation very well. And his writings then became Nephite
0: scripture. Alma used the lesson taught by Lehi as he was defining the law of justice to his son, Corianton. Yeah. We thought we might go through this second chapter of 2 Nephi. All of the quotes that we have here are direct quotes from Lehi's blessing to Jacob. First of all, he said, there is a God, and he hath created
1: all things. He said, he hath created both things to act and things to be acted upon. And that's an
0: interesting point. Because when you think about all the animals and plants, they react to stimulus. When we have a stimulus, we can decide what we do with that stimulus. Someone says something that hurts your feelings. How are you going to respond? Well, you can choose. We can say... I want to respond this way, or I want to respond that way. That's given to us to act.
1: Yeah. And
0: he says, God gave unto man that he should act for himself.
1: We usually refer to that as agency.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) God gave to us agency, which is such a blessing
1: that we have the right to choose. Yep, Men are free to act for themselves and not to be acted upon. No one can make you do something. That's something my kids say a lot. (laughs) He made me angry or or she made me do this or that. But when we get with stimulus, we really do have a choice of how we respond. And it's up to us.
0: Man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one
1: or the other. If everything just always led you to be happy and good, then you wouldn't really have a lot of choices. So the next part, there is an opposition in all things. It's because of those bad things that we know the good things. If we only experience good ever, then we wouldn't appreciate the good. I even appreciate sickness. I know that's kind of a weird thing, but I love being healthy. It's like you really appreciate being healthy right after you've been sick. The week after you just got over a cold, you're like, wow, I feel great.
0: <laughs> if there were
1: no sickness, you wouldn't know what it was like to be well. If there were no
0: sin, you wouldn't know righteousness. If there was no sour. You wouldn't know sweet. All of these things, because there's something in opposition to that which is good, then
1: you appreciate the things that are good. Next, Lehi said, men know good from evil. We know that we're all given the light of Christ, and that's what we usually call like a conscience. Deep down, we all kind of know good from evil, just from our instincts. From what's in our
0: hearts, we know what's good and what's evil. Because we have this knowledge of good and
1: evil, then God can give us a law. If we don't have a law and we don't have any kind of opposition, we don't have good and evil, then there's really no point in this entire plan that God's made for us. And in that pre-mortal council in heaven, there were two who volunteered
0: to come to earth to be God's son. One of them said, let's take away man's agency. Let's just make men do that which is right. That was Satan's plan. And that was not the eternal plan of salvation, which came down through eons of time. Because of this eternal plan of salvation, a law was given unto man. And with that law, there were two parts. A punishment, in Lehi's words,
1: punishment is affixed. Mm -hmm. And happiness is affixed. Yeah. For God, that punishment, it's affixed. If you sin, you're going to get punished. There's a price
0: for sin that has to be paid. It's not something that can just be overlooked because that
1: eternal law of justice demands compensation. And this verse that we're talking about is in verse 10. He says that punishment is affixed, which punishment is in opposition to that of the happiness which is affixed to answer the ends of the atonement. So it's only through the atonement that we can receive that happiness that's affixed. Then he says, but by that law that he's given us, men are cut off. Wow. And it's because no one is going to be perfect. We all are going to be fallen. He says, by the law, no flesh is justified. Yeah, so men become miserable forever. And that's really
0: sad. Without a Savior, we would have been cut off and we would have been miserable forever. Yeah, we'd be with Satan. Without the atonement, we were lost forever. But with the atonement, Christ offers us forgiveness and redemption. Lehi taught, Redemption cometh in and through the Holy Messiah. He offereth himself a sacrifice for sin to answer the ends of the law. So this law has consequences. Christ Pays the price of sin. Lehi said, no flesh can dwell in the presence of God, save it be through the merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah. Yeah. So in that premortal council in heaven, when God asked who would be willing to do this,
1: that's when Christ stepped forward and said, here Mm -hmm. am I, send me. Yeah. And I love in Revelations, it talks about how when God had the book and he's presenting this plan, There wasn't anyone who was capable of opening that book. And then finally, John looks over and he sees that the lion prevails and the lamb of God can open it. And he's really the only one who had the power to do it. We needed him. We needed him to present himself and say, here am I, send me. Because without that, Satan tried to say, oh, I can do it. But he couldn't. Satan didn't have any power to do it. The only one who could have done it is Is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, these principles that are taught by Lehi are so sacred and so
0: important. He said, all men were lost. All men must repent. And then talking of Christ, he said, he shall make intercession for all the children of men. Yeah. He offers that to us. He's paid the
1: price. And he says, here, take advantage of this. He says, salvation is free. It's a gift. (laughs) Here, take it. He says, all you have to do is have a broken heart and a contrite spirit and come to me and salvation's
0: free.
1: (laughs) Next, Lehi talked about an angel of God who had fallen from heaven. Yeah, he became the devil. And it's funny because, you know, he was so opposed to this plan, but then by falling and then being angry and saying, I'm going to destroy your plan. He actually became a part of the planet, in a sense, because he is that opposition. He's the one who says, I'm going to try to tempt all the people to do bad things. And it's like, well, we kind of needed that because we need an opposition so that we can know righteousness, too. He became miserable forever, Lehi taught. And because he was
0: miserable forever, what did he seek? He sought misery for all mankind. He sought the misery of all mankind. He wanted everybody to be miserable, just like he is. Yeah. He's so full of hate that that's his whole objective. Yeah. It's a comforting thing to me to realize that even though Satan and his minions are trying to destroy us, there are millions of our ancestors and those who are obedient who are cheering us on and saying, you can do it. You can make this. Yeah. After talking about the devil and his misery, Lehi talked about Adam and Eve. He said that Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit and as a result, were driven out of the Garden of Eden. Obviously, Satan enticed them. Yeah, he was trying to make them fail by making them break the law. And Moses explains that he did this because he didn't understand the mind of God. Yeah, but if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, and he would have remained in the Garden of Eden forever. And in the Garden of Eden, because there was no misery, there was no joy. Because there was no sin, there was no goodness. And they would have had no children. We realize that had they remained in the Garden of Eden, we don't know how long they were there. They were there for an extended time.
1: Yeah.
0: And had they remained in the Garden of Eden, they would have never had increase. It would have been Adam and Eve there enjoying the Garden of Eden by themselves. Yeah. Eve, the mother of all living. (laughs) That's what her name means. The mother of all living. That means no living. And at some point, she said, I know I've been commanded not to partake of this fruit, but I'm getting nowhere. I'm stuck here. I'm the mother of all living, and yet I don't have children. And she thought, I am willing to give my life. I am willing to die by partaking of this fruit in order to experiment and find out if I can now become the mother of all living. And after partaking of the fruit, she realized that she didn't die. And so she went to Adam and said, here, you need to partake of this too. And Adam, even though he was... Michael, who had been so obedient and so committed to keeping the commandments of the Lord, when he saw Eve and what she was going through and what she had done, then he said, I see that what you say is true. I will partake. The rest of the world thinks that Eve was this terrible person, that Adam fell, and as a result, all mankind were fallen. They don't realize the blessing that Adam and Eve were to us, that this wonderful woman, Eve figured it out, yeah. she knew what was
1: going to happen and was willing to sacrifice her life. And we know that Adam fell, that men might be, and men are, that they might have joy. So the whole plan is so that we can have joy. And he needed a fall. He needed a fall so that he could know good from evil. He needed a fall so that opposition would come into the world. And it's through that opposition that we can actually know joy too, because we can't have joy without experiencing sorrow. And just thinking about that and the doctrine that is
0: unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one of my greatest joys is you, <laughs> my, my child. I my mean, t- <laughs> My joy is you too. <laughs> our <laughs> families. Our families. And that's what brought Adam such great joy
1: was his children, that he could now be the father of the nations. You know, that's the point of life. I think sometimes we get so caught up in things like fun, and fun is kind of a form of joy, I suppose, but we get so caught up in certain kind of pleasures, we almost think that that's the point, rather than the true joy of fulfilling what we're meant to be, trying to reach our potential and become like God. And that's where our joy will come from, is if we're completing this plan and we're accepting the atonement and growing, you know, as we do all those things, we can experience the joy of the saints. It's a beautiful plan. And this principle of agency, Lehi finished with talking about this agency.
0: And he said, men are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. Yeah. We are free to choose. And that's the beautiful thing about agency is God has given us this right to choose. Yeah. And each of us has to make that choice.
1: Yeah. And we know that Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the light. And it's only by accepting the gospel that we can become free. But if we don't, we become captive to Satan's plans.
0: And in conclusion, let's just put together again this list. Yeah. All of them put together one after another. Lehi has given us the entire plan of salvation in one chapter in the Book of Mormon. I will just go through and quote Lehi. There is a God. He hath created all things. He created both things to act and things to be acted upon. God gave unto man that he should act for himself. Men are free to act for themselves and not to be acted upon. Man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. There is an opposition in all things. Men know good from evil. If no law, no sin, no righteousness, no happiness, no God, no creation, all things must have vanished away. Therefore law is given unto men. Punishment is affixed. Happiness is affixed. By the law men are cut off. By the law. NO FLESH IS JUSTIFIED, MEN BECOME MISERABLE FOREVER, REDEMPTION COMETH IN AND THROUGH THE HOLY MESSIAH, HE OFFERETH HIMSELF A SACRIFICE FOR SIN TO ANSWER THE ENDS OF THE LAW, NO FLESH CAN DWELL IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD SAVE IT BE THROUGH THE MERITS AND MERCY AND GRACE OF THE HOLY MESSIAH, ALL MEN WERE LOST. All men must repent. He shall make intercession for all the children of men. Salvation is free. Angel of God fallen from heaven. He became devil, had become miserable forever, sought misery of all mankind. Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, driven out of the garden of Eden. If Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen. He would have remained in the garden of Eden. No joy, no misery, no good, no sin. And they would have had no children. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Men are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. Amazing lesson on the atonement, on the plan of salvation, all in one single chapter in the Book of Mormon. 2 Nephi, chapter 2. Yeah. Let's just go back and talk about chapter 1. Before Lehi died, he wanted to gather his family together for one final family reunion. He hoped that he could mend some of the hurt feelings and some of the anguish and anger that was taking place in his family, so he called all of his family together. Now, we've talked about the blessing that he gave to Jacob.
1: I think a lot of what he was saying to Laman and Lemuel and to some of the sons of Ishmael, kind of some chastisements. He kind of talked about how they had all these trials, that they had their rebellions on the waters, and how merciful God was to allow them to get to the promised land. And he kind of warns Laman and Lemuel as well. So I think he's trying to tell them, be righteous, have a soft heart, listen to Nephi. And he tells them that says, If you will not hearken unto him, I will take away my first blessing, yea, and it shall rest upon him instead. What are you talking about when you speak of the first blessing? The birthright
0: of Lehi. And according to tradition, the birthright always went to the oldest son, unless the oldest son proved unworthy. In the case of Israel giving his blessings to his children, Reuben was his oldest son, and Reuben proved unworthy. And so the birthright was taken from Reuben and passed down. It eventually ended up in the hands of Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh. Well in this case, who did the birthright end up with? <laughs> That's an interesting thing because we know Laman forfeited the birthright. Lemuel forfeited the birthright. Yeah. Sam, on the other hand, remained worthy. Yeah. And he was older oh. than
1: Nephi, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> so I'm yeah, not sure. Did, did
1: Sam get the birthright or did Nephi? I don't know. He might have been split between (laughs) them or something. but, But I think Sam might have. I mean, Sam was worthy. And as far as we know, he hearkened to the words of Nephi. He was a good guy. He listened to Nephi and he helped him. He always supported him. Nephi was the leader, but Sam was the faithful, obedient follower. You know, Sam doesn't get a lot of mentions in the scriptures, but I think he was a really good guy who was always obedient and had faith, not because of his own visions, but more because of Nephi's visions and Lehi's visions. He trusted them and he was faithful. As Lehi gave these blessings, he prophesied. He said, For I have
0: feared that a cursing should come upon you. This is in verse 18. That a cursing should come upon you for the space of many generations. And ye are visited by sword and by famine, and are hated and are led according to the will and captivity of the devil. These are the foolish traditions that were established by Laman and Lemuel and were carried on for generation after generation. 400 years? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. At least, I'd imagine. That these people believed these traditions that were told by Laman and Lemuel. They didn't listen to the counsel of Lehi, and they spread these rumors that were so hurtful and so damaging to
1: so many lives. Yeah. And it's funny because Laman and Lemuel were men, by the usual definition of the word man, But Lehi says to him, my sons, be men and be determined in one (laughs) mind. He's like grow up. He's saying, (laughs) act like men. Don't be children and don't be (laughs) weak-minded. He says, be determined in one mind, be in one heart. Right. He urged them to improve and to grow up before he was about to die. And it's sad because they didn't listen. They They never did.
0: He said, ye have accused Nephi. This is again in verse 25. Ye have accused Nephi that he sought power and authority over you But I know that he hath not sought for power and authority over you, but hath sought the glory of God and your own eternal welfare. Ye say that he hath used sharpness. Ye say that he hath been angry with you. But behold, his sharpness was the sharpness of the power of the word of
1: God. And that which ye call anger was truth. Again, they take the truth to be hard. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that true? Yeah. Another thing that he mentioned to them, He's trying to teach them how they can be good people and how they can become men. He says, put on the armor of righteousness. And I really like that idea, putting on this armor of righteousness, because he knows what's going to happen. He knows that these trials and these temptations for them to turn away from what they know to be right is going to happen. And he's saying the way you can avoid that is if you choose to be righteous, if you are obedient to the commandments, then you'll have this armor that will protect you from all those negative things that are going to come. But that, again, they didn't listen. That's a powerful lesson for us. Yeah. If we want to be
0: protected from the arrows and spears and darts of yeah. the wicked, we have to put on armor. We have to protect ourselves. What's that armor? Righteousness.
1: Righteousness. And I think it's not just an armor against sin which definitely is that. But it's also, I feel like, an armor against doubt and oppression and fear and anxiety and all those negative things that Satan can kind of throw on us. If we're just trying to be righteous and we're using the atonement to repent, it's going to do so much for us. It's like an armor that will protect us.
0: I think you're right. These are beautiful principles of the gospel that were taught so early in the Book of Mormon. And Joseph Smith said there is no book that contains as much truth as the Book of Mormon. We realize that these principles, the plan of salvation, was taught by Lehi, clear back then. And today, with the restored gospel upon the earth, we understand that plan of salvation. What a beautiful thing that it is to realize that we are fallen and that the Savior has come to free us from sin, to allow us to go back into the presence of our Father in heaven, and not just gain everlasting life, but gain eternal life to become like our Father in heaven, who sent us here for that purpose. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this discussion as much as we have. Next time, we'll talk about Lehi's blessing to the rest of his family and the insights he gave to his son Joseph about a future prophet who would have the same name. We really hope you'll join us. Till we meet again, enjoy your reading.